are three things they have learned never to discuss with people. Religion, politics, and the great pumpkin. Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to the Boo Case Diaries. <laughs> it's Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy this is releasing on Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Man. Halloween. And we're three old trolls learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Robin. I'm Marcy. And Adam. Hey. <laughs> well, we're finally here. The season seven finale of the Black Case Diaries. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we did it, guys. <sighs> We'd like to thank every person that joined us over the last few months. We could not and would not do this without you. So, <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. <laughs> to give you an extra special treat this Halloween, we've decided to cover not one, but two Ooh. Halloween classics in one episode. Yes. That's right. It's the first ever BCD double feature. What? what? Holy hey. It's different than the other multiple movie episodes we've done. <laughs> it is. It is, actually. It is, it is different. It yeah. is different. Because <laughs> in the other ones, what we would do was we would have a prompt, and we each pick a movie, and then we would individually research and talk about that movie. Yes. This time, we're doing what we normally do, but with two movies that didn't have a lot of information, yeah. so we just- nope. Slam those yes. together. Yeah, we're this like, is a true. Double yeah, feature. and they truly go together, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these these are these are like the peanut butter and, and peanut butter and uh, applesauce. I was, gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say peanut butter and yeah, like hot sauce. Or <laughs> yeah, we reached into our trick or treat bag and pulled out two very very different movies. One was released in theaters, while the other one was made for TV. One has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, while the other has a dismal 17%. <laughs> One of these films is live action, and the other is a classically animated masterpiece. However, these two pieces of spooky media hold a special place in our hearts. They are It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh my gorsh. <laughs> what a good treat. I don't think you could pick two more different movies and yet have them still be like the same yeah. theme. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, oh my gourd. Yeah. Oh, dang it. <laughs> dang Missed it. Opportunity. Ro cut it. Rewind. <laughs> so, without any further ado, let's head to the pumpkin patch with Linus and wait for the great pumpkin. And on our way back, we're going to swing through Briarville, Missouri, and help Ernest defeat an army of trolls. Oh. Heck <laughs> yeah. This is going to be fun. What is. the heck, man? This is, is going to be a fun disaster, just like Ernest Scared Stupid. Just yes. <laughs> one of the great train wrecks. <laughs> when was the last time you guys watched It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Mm, it's been a couple years, okay. I think. I think so for me, too. I, I used to catch it on TV, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I haven't had TV in a in a while. Yeah. So Did you guys Same. grow up watching it? I think so. Yeah, it was usually yeah, just on TV. Yeah. And even if I didn't watch the whole thing, I at least saw mm. parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, my mother is a huge Peanuts fan, mm. so we'd watch... All of them, including this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my dad's a huge Peanuts fan too. Yeah. I actually had a tape of Halloween specials. There was one called "The Halloween That Almost Wasn't." It oh, was a 1970s oh, heard, special. Okay. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> here's what happens: uh, the witch decides not to fly across the moon. Oh. And they're like, "Well, we can't have Halloween." Wow. <laughs> 
how does that <laughs> how does that work for the rest of the world? I I don't know. Uh, that also you know? celebrates. Yeah. Well, no, Adam, I don't know what you're talking about. The rest of the about. world doesn't matter. It's, just that town. <laughs> it's literally just that town. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, so there was that one, and there was the last Halloween was another one oh, that we watched. Man. Uh... These were, yeah, these were like these TV specials that just, I don't know. One of them was The Great Pumpkin. Back in the winter of 1965, television audiences and critics were blown away by the massive success of A Charlie Brown Christmas. If you recall from our episode on that special, mm-hmm. no one imagined that Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang would draw in audiences, but it turned out to be one of the most successful Christmas specials of all time. So in 1966, executives were looking to strike gold again with another holiday classic. Yes. I mean, of course they were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Always on the hunt for the next big money, money maker. Yeah. <laughs> of yes. course. And I just, I want to point out too, just because... You know, we mentioned this back when we did an episode on Charlie Brown Christmas, which go back and listen to that if you like. But when we did an episode on that, we talked about how Coca-Cola was the reason they did that special. Oh, yes. Coca-Cola wanted Mm -hmm. to promote their stuff and the rest is history. Okay. Yeah. 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 So So thank you, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to bring that up because Coca-Cola actually plays a a key role in the next movie that we're going to talk about, too. Yeah, it does. I know. That's funny. (laughs) The Great Pumpkin first appeared in the Peanuts comic in 1959. He's an unseen character, much like the Easter Beagle and Santa Claus, only believed in by Linus Van Pelt. There are several theories about the symbolism of the Great Pumpkin and what Charles Schultz intended for the character. Because Schultz was known for being religious, many believe that the Great Pumpkin is a metaphor for faith and believing in something that you never see. Others think the way Linus is treated for believing in the Great Pumpkin represents how people with faith are dismissed by others. But in reality, Charles Schultz himself said that the character was actually a satire for Santa Claus. Ah. (laughs) You know what? I feel like that almost makes the most sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I understand these other versions. Yeah. Kind of makes sense too, but that makes the most sense because Halloween has become a very commercial holiday similar to Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, not quite the same commercially because it's not all about buying gifts, mm-hmm. but it's it's very it has a theme that is very yeah. much marketable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yep. He explained to collaborators Lee Mendelson and Bill Melendez that he didn't like the fact that poor children all over the world hear about Santa Claus but never receive gifts from him. That's why Linus asks for gifts from the Great Pumpkin, only for him to be disappointed in the end. Schultz explained, it shows that you can't always get what you hoped for, but you can still survive, and you can still keep trying. Linus never gives up, just like Charlie Brown. So for those of you out there who haven't seen this wonderful TV special, (laughs) do yourselves a favor and definitely go watch it. It's Halloween, and Charlie Brown, Lucy, Sally, and the rest of the Peanuts are ready for a night of tricks and treats. However, Lucy's younger brother Linus is more excited for the arrival of the Great Pumpkin. When he discovers that no one else believes that the Great Pumpkin exists, Linus sets out to prove the truth by foregoing the Halloween fun and spending the night in a pumpkin patch. Charlie Brown's younger sister, Sally, who is completely infatuated with Linus, decides to spend the evening with him in support. 
Meanwhile, the rest of the gang goes trick-or-treating. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite parts of the special before we... <laughs> I mean, I have to say Snoopy is the flying ace. Is oh, like really? One of the, I, oh, you yeah. know, gotta love him <laughs> doing his thing. I think one of my favorite parts is uh, the kids' costumes. Yes, the trick Because yeah. they're oh, all... Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like all ghosts, basically. <laughs> yeah. Unintentionally, though, yeah, they, yeah. they, they all yep. just end up being very similar. And then, like, I think Lucy's the one who has a witch yeah. mask, yeah. on. but and, with the sheet still, it's yeah. ridiculous. Every time I watch this with my dad, he always talks about the costumes and the way <laughs> the because co- he grew up in the sixties. He yeah. he was a child during the time that Charlie Brown takes place, right. and when it was airing, and so he was like, "Yeah, so accurate. Like you yeah. were either a ghost." <laughs> or a witch it was like that, that was, was all you, that was that was it like you didn't <laughs> there yeah. wasn't like some super variation of costumes yeah. like this this yeah. is just what you did oh my, gosh. I, oh my gosh i just love that charlie browns has like a million holes in it <laughs> yeah. it's not just just the whole two whole eyes yeah, it, 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 it has so like a bunch of holes and then yes. when lucy she's explaining the witch uh, mask and she's like this is the total opposite of you know yeah. you're supposed to a girl dress should as, be yeah, yeah the most opposite, opposite of her personality <laughs> or whatever yeah <laughs> oh classic <laughs> so now let's dive into our first making of, of the episode Executive producer Lee Mendelson and animator Bill Melendez led the creative team that brought the first two Peanuts films to the small screen After producing Charlie Brown's All-Stars, a baseball-themed special, in June of 1966, Mendelssohn returned to the networks to pitch a third special. CBS executives told Mendelssohn that he could make a special about any topic, but with a catch. This special had to be a blockbuster. They made it very clear that if the next special wasn't a hit, the networks may not produce any other Peanuts specials going forward. Yeah, this could have been it. Huge pressure. Yeah. When Melendez, Lee, and Charles Schultz met to come up with their new idea, it was Melendez that made the suggestion to do a Halloween special. He thought the various costumes would translate well for animation. Considering that Charlie Brown Christmas was one of the first ever Christmas specials, after Mr. Magoo, of course, the idea of a Halloween special was almost non-existent. Once he made the suggestion, Schultz perked up and said, The Great Pumpkin. (gasps) Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Just like the specials that came before it, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, was done with classic cell animation by a team led by Bill Melendez. Although the Peanuts characters were not intended for animation, he and his team were able to seamlessly translate the characters to the screen. We went over this a little bit more in the other yeah. Christmas mm-hmm. episode, but there it was a challenge. Yeah, it was, I mean, going from two D, yeah, to... <laughs> going going from a panel to actual animation is is a bit of a challenge yeah. because these are characters that are designed to only be front facing, side facing. Yeah, and having figuring out how they're going to move, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and also like you can't just look at them as a panel all the time. Mm -mm. The audience will get tired of that. Right. (laughs) They're going to get bored. The backgrounds had to be much more detailed than in the comic, and the animators had to find new and interesting angles to use to make the special more interesting. Even though A Charlie Brown Christmas was only one year earlier, 
The team could now create animation that was more colorful and dynamic. Just look at the difference between the two. Yeah. 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 It's only a year's difference. It's mm-hmm. crazy when you look mm-hmm. at yeah. it. You're like, whoa. Right. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you would think it was at least a few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charles Schultz wanted the special to include Snoopy and his imaginings as the flying ace from the top of his doghouse. This was difficult for two reasons. For one, the audience needed to know what was going on in the scene, and Snoopy does not talk. The second reason was the question of convincing the audience that Snoopy was flying while just sitting atop the doghouse roof. They solved this by having Peter Robbins, the voice of Charlie Brown, narrate scenes of Snoopy alone. As far as the flying problem goes, Bill Melendez excitedly told Charles Schultz, I'm an animator. I can make him fly. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And by animating Snoopy's surroundings, like his scarf, for example, Melendez convinced the audience that the dog was actually flying. Yeah. I love it. It looks so good. They were like, how do we show him flying? He's not going to be in a plane. Yeah. Like, there's no wings. There's no, how do we do that? And Bill Melendez said that he felt so, he was so happy (laughs) that he could do something that Charles Schultz couldn't. He was like, I... I'm an animator. Yeah, like, you I, just draw. I animate. I, I can make this. it happen. Yeah, I got you, <laughs> dog. So, like, you had the idea. You yeah. got it rolling, but I can I, move it. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's honestly, it, it's true, though, because if it were just a comic panel, yeah. like, you couldn't. I mean, yeah, it would no. be way harder to yeah. to show that he's moving and flying in a single image. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sure, you have the scarf back or whatever as yeah. if it were blowing the wind, but oh, yeah. oh, it's just windy. Like, you don't immediately think of him flying, but with animation, mm-hmm. you do whatever yeah. you want. And the sound effects, the tilting of the screen, like, they do mm-hmm. everything to make it really seem yeah. like he's fighting. He's in this dog fight. Uh, yeah, he's like moving uh, his arms like yes. he's got a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Along with the classic dogfight scene, the Great Pumpkin was the first time that audiences witnessed Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown in animation. The classic gag existed in the comics, but the scene in the special has become one of the most iconic in TV history, as everyone can identify with little Charlie Brown when Lucy deceives him into believing that this time she'll let him kick the ball. See? Here's a signed document. Testifying that I promise not to pull it away. It is signed. It's a signed document. I guess if you have a signed document in your possession, you can't go wrong. This year, I'm really going to kick that football. That is pure peanuts now. Yeah. Right, that is truly an iconic peanuts <laughs> mm-hmm. thing, and it's so funny to think yeah. that it didn't happen until three specials yes. in. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Lucy is so special. <laughs> she's such an important part of peanuts. Mm-hmm. You know, she's this foiled Charlie Brown, and she is such a character. You know, she yeah. really is. She's such an interesting kid mm-hmm. and so outspoken. 
you know, he's still, she's still his friend. Like, yeah, even though, yeah he you know, still she puts does, up with her. Yeah, like, she still does these things to him. Yep. <laughs> and he, he's just like, yeah, whatever, you know. Uh, all next right. time she'll let me kick the ball. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I won't, I won't even try next time until she convinces him again. Yes, yes. I signed a contract. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I didn't get it notarized. <laughs> One thing that made a Charlie Brown Christmas stand out from other animation of the era was that the production hired actual children to voice the characters, giving them a more authentic sound. Bill Melendez was adamant that children should play children, and so nearly all of the kids that voiced the characters in the first Charlie Brown special returned for this one, with the exception of Lucy. Melendez, of course, reprised his role as Snoopy. Yay! And you know what's funny is that in the Blue Sky Charlie Brown yeah. movie, mm-hmm. yeah, they credit him as Snoopy. So Aww, they, they must they use, use his recordings. Yeah. yeah. One of the most pivotal roles in this particular special is that of Sally Brown, played by Kathy Steinberg. At the end of the special, Sally yells at Linus for making her miss out on the holiday. One night before Kathy had finished delivering her lines, Her mother called the producers and told them that she was about to lose a tooth. Concerned that she would have a lisp, they called the recording studio and rushed Kathy in to finish her lines. Right as she finished, her tooth came out. (laughs) Good grief. Perfect timing. Oh my gosh. They, They got her in just in time. And that's a really good speech that she gives at the end. She's so, so mad. All right, let's talk a little bit about the music. Vince Guaraldi returned to compose music for The Great Pumpkin. He composed the music for Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm -hmm. The composer was responsible for Charlie Brown's signature sound, and he would go on to compose 17 specials featuring the Peanuts gang. Goodness gracious. Good grief. I mean, (laughs) when you're that good and you got the perfect sound for Yes, he's exactly what they wanted. Exactly. Working from Melendez's storyboards, Guaraldi created numerous pieces that matched the jazzy sound from the first Charlie Brown special. The Great Pumpkin has a more somber score, with eerie music to match the spookiness of Halloween. Mm. There's some like weird flutes in there, yeah. and just like something. There's like the the Great Pumpkin waltz. <laughs> yeah, it's great, but it, it's yeah. still it still fits into that wonderful yeah. Peanuts vibe. So yeah. it, oh, yeah. it could you could listen from the beginning of. Charlie Brown Christmas to mm-hmm. the end of this movie and it would just feel like the same yeah tone, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got the spookiness versus the Christmassy yeahness. <laughs> but it's so good regardless. Oh yeah. I saw a a story about Vince Guaraldi and how when he was writing the music for this, he yeah. He was uh, about to take a shower or something, okay. but he heard a scary noise, oh. and he went to investigate it, and got locked out of his apartment naked. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he had to, the police came, and he was like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> just like just oh. let me back inside, please. Oh, God. <laughs> At the end of the special, after all the kids have gone to bed, Lucy wakes up in the middle of the night to make sure that Linus found his way home. Without saying a word, she heads out to the pumpkin patch, where she finds her shivering younger brother. She carries him home to the Linus and Lucy theme. It's a rare, tender moment between the characters, 
This piece of music first appeared in A Charlie Brown Christmas and has become synonymous with the Peanuts in such a way that some people consider it to be the Charlie Brown theme. Aww. This part always makes me like tear up. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> she's special. <laughs> right? It's so it's yeah. so sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. She like has an alarm set and everything. Mm-hmm. Like the alarm goes off and yeah. she like gets up and she's like, <sighs> you know, and she goes and she <laughs> just go get him. goes and gets him. Yeah. You know, it's like she'll still take care even though she thinks he's an idiot. Oh, you know, she'll go take care of him. Yeah, she she's goes, not yeah. gonna let him freeze out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. You know, it looked like he would have because he was shivering mm-hmm. pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brings him home, puts him in bed, tucks him in. Aww. You know. It's I'm fantastic. here for you, little brother. Right. Yeah. In the same way that Charlie Brown is there for his little sister, too, mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how this special was received. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we really like it, of course. Yeah. So this, along with other Charlie Brown specials, is beloved by many. It currently has a very high score on Rotten Tomatoes. 95% from critics and 81% from audience reviews. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty damn high. Pretty good. Yeah. However, <laughs> in more recent years, there have been building complaints regarding the special. Recent reviews have brought about a steep decrease in ratings of the special, with some saying that the portrayals of horrible bullying and domestic violence in the program, where characters are physically assaulted by manual strangulation, and even use of the word kill in reference to a pumpkin. Oh my gosh, like... Right? Yeah. There, there, there are real reviews out there like this. Yeah. But anyway, how I don't understand how people... When I was looking this up, I was just flabbergasted yeah yeah by how some people have completely turned on this movie yeah that's so odd and to it's me so weird. ridiculous <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two years ago apple announced it had acquired the rights to three charlie brown specials a charlie brown christmas a charlie brown thanksgiving and it's the great pumpkin charlie brown pbs was still able to air the charlie brown specials in 2020 and 2021 but as of 2022, the only place to watch the special is Apple TV+. Plus. That's yeah. really frustrating because these were TV specials. Yeah. It was meant to be like everyone can watch it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know. It, it's supposed they, to be a staple. Yeah. Uh, you know, It's like... aired every year since it first came out except for like twice. And this is the yeah. second time. All right. So next we have a couple little fun facts for the movie. Oh, man, we're at the end of the episode. Wait. Oh, wait. (laughs) The running gag where Charlie Brown says, I got a rock multiple times was not something Schultz wanted. He would have liked it to be a one-time joke. It would be Melendez who would suggest it happen three times. According to Schultz in the retrospective TV special, Happy Birthday, Charlie Brown, after The Great Pumpkin aired, bags and boxes of candy came in from all around the world. Labeled just for Charlie Brown. Aww. Oh, that's really sweet. Super sweet. I <laughs> so my nieces watched this recently, and yeah. they think that is the funniest thing <laughs> they've ever <laughs> seen. They talk, and it is really, honestly, yeah. so funny. Like, it is funny. <laughs> you know, I got bubble gum. <laughs> yeah. I got a chocolate bar, a lollipop. I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and like my favorite part but is no. that you see them. 
They walk up to the house. You see the person yeah. throw the rock into his bag. Like yeah. you see, yep. you see yeah. it happen. <laughs> it's just like Wait, he didn't what? just pick it up and be like, "Well, I only got a rock." Yeah. It's like they're actually giving him rocks for some reason. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh! And I, that part has always made me kind of think. If your costume's not good enough, oh. you don't get good candy. Oh. It's like I know that's, that's, the equivalent of coal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know that's not the case. Yeah. But because Charlie Brown messed up his costume, yeah. he had all the holes in his, in his sheet. <laughs> that like, he, here, you know, a rock. The adults were like, oh, he didn't. You know, his costume is bad. He gets a rock. He gets a rock. <laughs> so, I, oh. I just always thought it was just like, oh, we just ran out of candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. After Linus writes his letter to the Great Pumpkin, he walks by Lucy, who is sitting in front of the TV. She's reading a copy of TV Guide that features a photo of herself on the cover. <laughs> that That's really good. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> For the first part of the special, Snoopy walked on all fours, but this changed halfway through the episode in order to make him more cartoony. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you notice, he sits like a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And walks around like a dog. Yeah. And then eventually he's like walking around like a person. Probably probably after he's... uh, the flying yeah, ace. He's all yeah, he's confident yeah. in himself. So yeah. He, yeah, I mean, yeah, when he when he raises up in the pumpkin patch, he's, he's like he mm-hmm. is. He's like standing up with yeah. the ace helmet, I believe. Yeah, on. he has the hat yeah. on. Yes, yes. And actually, I think in the entirety of Charlie Brown Christmas, mm-hmm. he's whenever he just walks around, it's yeah. on all fours. All right. So that's all we have for a. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah. So do we have any thoughts before we move on to our second film? It's a classic that definitely doesn't deserve any of the ridiculous (laughs) hate that it's getting recently. Just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a awesome special to definitely watch every year with your (laughs) kids, without your kids. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just do it because it's great. It's so love the peanuts. It's so funny. It's so sweet. Yeah, like it. It really captures the essence of Halloween when you're a kid. Like there's right. It's perfect. Delightful, and the music is always it's perfect. So beautiful, unmistakable. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's talk about our next movie. Yeah. <laughs> Transition. Time yes. to change gears. Ooh. <laughs> Loosen up. We're talking about something completely different. Move those face muscles around. <laughs> <laughs> Break out your multiple personalities. Oh, Here yeah. we go. Ernest Scared Stupid. All right. So... You guys, had you guys ever seen this movie before we t- before we decided to do this? Nope. <laughs> I, no, yeah. honestly. I knew, like, I'd seen some of Ernest's movies, and I yeah. liked the ones yeah. that I had seen. But yeah, no, I hadn't seen this one before. This is the only Ernest movie that I watched growing up. Yes. Nice. I, I only watched this one. I saw it all the time. <laughs> and when I say all the time, I mean, certainly every Halloween. Yeah, I mean. Right. Yeah, this was one that we watched a lot. We knew it was, we knew it was ridiculous. Yeah, like we knew it was dumb. That's why you love it. But that was one of the reasons why we loved it so much. Yeah, it was. I mean, other ones would come on TV. Ernest Mm -hmm. Saves Christmas. Ernest goes to camp. Would see, you know, whatever, and be like, oh, okay. But Mm -hmm. Ernest Scared Stupid was, you know, (laughs) top tier. I mean, really, it had the spookiness. (laughs) It had the trolls. This, it has. All the feelings of a Goosebumps episode. Yeah. yeah. It's just like an hour and a half long. 
even as an adult, did you guys think it was funny? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I la- I was laughing through most <laughs> all of it. So it's like, you know, there are jokes that apply to adults. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Overall, what did you guys think? I I enjoyed it. I had I had been familiar with Ernest before, mm-hmm. but I hadn't watched anything. I just knew of him. Yeah. I knew what it was about. It's a goofball, and you know, <laughs> he's goofball. He's scared. He's stupid. Yeah, right. You know. The whole thing. <laughs> Pumpkin. You know the classic cover that you see everywhere. Yeah. But now that I've watched it, I can totally understand why people like it. Yeah. But also why people don't like it. <laughs> so it's why it's very divided. Yeah, it's it's really it's it was actually really interesting to finally see one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really understand what it is. Yeah. And I I did enjoy it. Yep. I quite think it'll, a bit. it'll be in my holiday rotation probably now. Nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was exactly the way I remember it. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. But I watched it so frequently and yeah. everything was in it its just, place, you yep. know? <laughs> I remember everything. Beautiful. (laughs) For the second half of this double feature, we're focusing on a childhood favorite for 90s kids everywhere, Ernest Scared Stupid. The Ernest series of films starred Jim Varney as Ernest P. Worrell, a lovable goofball in a blue jean vest whose stupidity and apparent lack of balance got him into some pretty ridiculous situations. Before Jim Varney became a national icon, he was a Shakespearean-trained actor and successful stand-up comedian. Varney created several characters for his act and was gifted with the ability to alter his voice and contort his face to play several different people. Varney's career changed when he met John Cherry, an advertising executive for Cardin and Cherry Advertising Agency in Nashville. Cherry began using Varney and his characters for different ad campaigns. When the agency needed a new character for an ad promoting the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders in a Kentucky amusement park, the know-it-all Ernest P. Worrell was born. Ernest was a hit with local companies in the Nashville area, and soon businesses from all over the country wanted to use the character to promote their products. The most popular commercials featured Ernest as an annoying neighbor, arriving unannounced to promote whatever product was the focus of the ad. For a while, Ernest only appeared in ads in select states, but when Coca-Cola contracted Jim Varney to promote their products, Ernest P. Worrell became a household name. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. Changing the world it. one ad at a time. Again. They were like, we just want people to advertise for us. And yeah. if they become famous <laughs> because of Coke. it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have a Coke and a smile. <laughs> the character was such a hit, Cardin and Cherry decided to bring Ernest to Hollywood. Yay! I can't believe Ernest Goes to Hollywood was not one of the movies. Yeah. What the hell? Right. <laughs> Dude, perfect. <laughs> oh man. John Cherry directed the first official Ernest film, Ernest Goes to Camp. But it wasn't the first time Cherry directed a film starring Jim Varney that included Ernest. There were the direct-to-video release, Hey Vern, It's My Family album, and Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. Okay. What a cool name. Yeah, those are those are yeah. movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're they movies. movies. Yes. Ernest Goes to Camp was indeed a success, followed by an Emmy-winning children's show and several more theatrical releases. The final Ernest film to be released theatrically was Ernest Scared Stupid in 1991. The film wasn't very successful, despite its cult status today. The movies that came later were all independently produced and went straight to video. 
Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I knew that there were more. Yes. But during the research, finding out that this was the last one that was like seriously produced. Yeah. I was like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy that they just kept going. They're yeah, like, they were like, we're not yeah. going to stop. Fine. I, I was surprised how many. Like, I, yeah. You know, I only heard of a couple. And yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So, once again, those of you out there who haven't seen this movie, <laughs> I mean, yeah. go give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, give it a try. It's hilarious. Why not? If you have, get a, get you a group have, of people together. Yeah. yeah, don't watch it alone. <laughs> and if you have a library card, it's all yours. Yeah, having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. And there it is. <laughs> In the small town of Briarville. Waste engineer Ernest P. Worrell accidentally awakens an evil troll while helping some local kids build a treehouse. Unbelievable, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The troll, Trantor, terrorizes the same town many years earlier and is now back to turn children into wooden dolls and grow his disgusting troll army. It's up to Ernest to save his young friends and the town from the Trantor's family of trolls. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's the, that's that's uh, it. That's that's, it, that's it. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. An hour uh, and a half. It's not <laughs> of it. It's it's not that complicated honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Ernest is this goofy guy who's like friends with kids mm -hmm. and uh the kids are being bullied. They like were trying to build this haunted house. And the boys came and destroyed it. And Ernest was like, oh, I can help you guys. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll build a treehouse. And then he was like, oh, I found out there's a troll living under this tree. Ha ha, that's not true. And if <laughs> I say this exact thing, then the troll will awaken. So he does. Uh -huh. And yeah. so then. But what are the odds of that? Yeah. Immediately wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the look on the kids' faces when he's like, they, he starts to tell the story and they're all happy. Like, oh, it's story time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah. And then the troll turns all the children into wooden dolls. Yeah. And they look horrified like these kids are all like oh my god as he's also saying like <laughs> it's also legend that you know the person with my exact last name and you know all that yeah, yeah. on the day before exact, halloween yeah, and on this exact day with this exact tree right yeah it's amazing but he can only be awakened on the night before halloween like tonight when a whirl like you places his hand on a tree like this and says, Yea, I call thee forth, Trantor. But what are the chances of that happening? It really gave me arty vibes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But, but like with, with like Jim Carrey sprinkled in <laughs> yeah. right? Ernest is yeah. the mixture of that right yeah yeah because he's got the wackiness of like a Jim Carrey like early Jim Carrey stuff yeah. like Ace Ventura right but then you know and it reminds me of Artie who's just kind of being over the top but Artie he's still from friends. Adventures of Pete and Pete yes, anybody from, was wondering yes. sorry yeah. from Pete and Pete yes because yeah. <laughs> he's you know he's goofy yeah and he you know he's like come on take on a real man <laughs> that kind of thing kind of yeah. in an arty yeah. way but in friends with the neighborhood kids and it's just like this really interesting blend <laughs> you know 
Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. This I think it really works for this movie that he's like friends with the kids. He's yeah. Like, yeah. He's kind of like this pseudo guardian. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe these kids shouldn't be in the woods by themselves playing right. with nails and wood. So it's yeah. a good thing that the, he's but, out there. Yeah. You know, like at least yeah. watching, <laughs> making sure that like they're safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it turns out that he's actually pretty handy. I mean, he builds yeah. that treehouse. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what seems like minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because there's this little montage and we're all like, oh, wow, look, it's looking great, everybody. We're doing <laughs> such a good job. It's got like, yeah, it's got like a bookshelf in there. <laughs> <laughs> They've got cannons that shoot dog yeah, food. Yeah. yeah. And this like car bumper attached to the front. Like it's a yeah. hodgepodge of nonsense. Yeah. But. 90s kid cool yeah. Oh, yeah i mean it's like made from all the garbage like that yeah. but he's salvaged in his truck yeah now the second movie making of here we go let's do it the original idea for the plot was going to be centered around Ernest inheriting a haunted house instead another character old lady hackmore owns a scary house along the land where the troll is buried yeah so the thing about this that I think that makes it interesting is there's this sort of fairy tale folklore esque nature of this movie, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and this story, this spooky story that is true, and mm-hmm. this character that is kind of like the guardian of that story. This has the bones for being something really interesting and cool. Yeah, um, it's just that it's an earnest movie, and yeah. so people, <laughs> right? I mean, I like the movie, but <laughs> I yeah. see why that's why people don't like it. Yeah. The beginning of the movie intercuts clips of a scared Ernest with classic film footage, including Nosferatu from 1922, White Zombie from 1932, Phantom from Space from 1953, The Brain from Planet Eris from 1957, The Screaming Skull from 1958, Missile to the Moon from 1958, The Hideous Sun Demon from 1959, <laughs> The Giant Gila Monster from 1959. The Killer Shrews, (laughs) also from 1959. Battle Beyond the Sun. And the original Little Shop of Horrors from 1960. I love this intro. It is great. (laughs) It hooks you in right away. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, you could ignore the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. and This is still great. Yeah. Yeah. I love this intro. He's just kind of like running around, being scared. And the way they cut the music to match the action <laughs> of, you know, of yeah. like these like movie clips and stuff. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And the music is just a hell of a groove. Yeah. Man. It really it's is. It's a bop. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's, I, like you said you were surprised at yeah. how bopping the music yeah. was. Yeah. I didn't expect it because it does start out with like the, you know, I don't want to say generic, but the yeah. expected spooky mm-hmm. just build up right yeah. and then the beat drops <laughs> and it gets groovy as hell it becomes 1991 the intro features the theme music by bruce arnson and kirby shellstad it's a fantastic intersection of classic horror knowledge and the silliness of Jim Varney. Yeah, if yeah. you're a movie nerd, watching this intro is really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because I was watching it, and I was like, oh my God, there's so much Nosferatu in this. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I recognize the Little Shop of Horrors clips and stuff yeah. like that. It is pretty fun. The main title designer, Barbara Garner, used existing fonts 
for the credits, but livened them up by adding special effects. She accomplished this by panning a shower glass over the letters to obtain a ripple effect. Hand-drawn animation was added, such as the blood drips and splatters. This is so fun. I love this. (laughs) I think there was more info about the making of this intro than there was for the making of this Uh, Yeah, (laughs) It's pretty crazy. But we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I say it again, love the hand-drawn on-top-of-film style yes. of yep. animation. You know, the, these kind of effects in live action just look so good. They do. They look crispy, yeah. you know? They, they look so crisp. They, so clear. You can tell that it's of its time. It's very aged, mm-hmm. but I still love it to yes. death. Yes. It's a very specific look, and it looks so interesting, mm-hmm. good. It gives, you the, it gives you the feeling of an older movie, and I, yeah. I really like it. There's like a... There's a grittiness to it, kind of like yes. a dirtiness. It, I don't know, you know, because like something wicked this way comes, you know, yeah. the fog, you know, yeah. hocus pocus when she uses the lightning from her fingers and it's animated. Bart Mixon was the special makeup effects artist, troll effects shop supervisor. He is also known for doing the makeup for Tim Curry in It. We had some oh. legit horror people working yeah. on this. The Chiodo Brothers is an independent production company made up of three brothers. They specialize in live-action puppetry, special effects makeup, stop-motion, and more. They created the monster body parts used in the film's intro. They are also responsible for the monstrous trolls that terrorize the children of Briarsville. The the (laughs) trolls are legitimately... Like freaky, gross, yeah. scary. Yeah. Especially the main troll. He's just constantly got like a goo, like an ooze just dripping from his face. My yeah. boy needs a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored. He needs a, what is it, ShamWow or something? Yeah. Something, dude. He needs a puffs. Clean. Yeah, he needs a puffs. Clean it up, man. There were so many great horror movie moments in this. Yeah. yeah. Mo- movie, like movie moments that felt directly lifted from other old horror movies. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a scene where this little girl is in her room, and she's like, Mom, there's a thing under my bed. Will you please get it? And she's like, you're too old for this. You know, you're just come downstairs. This is ridiculous, you know. And so the girl, like, checks under the bed. Nothing's there. And then she lays back down, and then she rolls over, and the troll is there and, like, in, in your face. And yeah. it's very classic mm-hmm. yep. horror movie mess. I love it so much. She's great, you know? Yep. It's that like, you feel, it, she feels safe for just long enough mm-hmm. before it's like, nope. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I remember that as a kid, like the anticipation yeah. of it, like, yeah. but you know, we all knew that the kids would be okay at the end yeah. of the movie. Right. Ernest's faithful companion, Rimshot, steals the show as possibly the smartest character in the film. I stand by that. Mm -hmm. I wrote that and I stand by it. Yes. That dog is the smartest character. (laughs) He was played by a terrier named Barkley. Perfect name. No dogs were harmed in the making of this movie, much to Adam's relief. Thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness. (laughs) And no dogs were harmed on screen either. Yeah. (laughs) In this film, Ernest is the local garbage man. Early on in the film, he gets stuck in a trash compactor. In the scene, Rimshot is trying to save him from being crushed. It was done with the trainer hiding on the floor of the truck while moving the levers to make it look like the doggy was doing it. 
the various sounds that were the result were put in during editing. But this is also one of the parts that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> when he's struggling to get it to stop. Yeah. The dog can't get it to stop either. And he's got this like remote yep. from inside. And he decides to pull the battery out. <laughs> yeah. Right? And he's like, this will stop it. Th- yeah. And it stops. Yeah. Right? It worked. But then for no reason at all, <laughs> the electricity from the batteries just decides to reach over to the remote and start it back up. He's holding them about a foot apart and the light, you can just see the electricity. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... So ridiculous. This scene was like cemented into my memory. This was, yeah. if there was one thing I would remember about this movie, it was this part where Ernest yes. almost, where he like is stuck in the trash compactor. Yes. And we had a trash compactor in my apartment complex yeah. for years. And I thought about this scene every <laughs> time I threw something away. Oh. Like just because this whole, I mean, it, I'm yeah. claustrophobic. The whole scene just oh, like, yeah. it, you know, when he sticks the baby doll head in, yeah. he like thinks about it for a second. Like my life or this inanimate baby doll oh, head. Yeah. Like, yeah. What should I do? Yeah, yeah. He starts talking as the baby. <laughs> no, please. I have family at the factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll send him a card. <laughs> And then it doesn't even work. No, it doesn't yeah, even no. work. Later in the movie, Rimshot takes the wheel of Ernest's truck. The vehicle was not even moving during the shoot, and Barkley, as Rimshot, was trained to jump down and step on the gas and brake pedals. <laughs> Best moment, I think, of the movie is that yeah. fight with the troll and the dog <laughs> steering yeah. the truck. So good. <laughs> so good. Yes. Trantor yeah. is like chasing them. He's been yep. hunting down Trantor this whole movie. He's been snatching up kids left and right. Yeah. You know, he's really, he's lots of crimes of convenience. Like he's not going yeah. after specific kids. No. If he sees a kid, Kid's yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is very different from what they usually do in the movies. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Usually they, they have some yeah. sort of vendetta. Yeah, like yeah. Hocus Pocus, for example. Yeah, exactly. Like goes, specifically exactly. goes after mm-hmm. Danny, but mm-hmm. I, I yeah. Did- I think this is also when he calls the troll booger lips. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very and famous. that is very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Little Rimshot first sees a troll, his ears stand up in fear. This was done by using a thin filament attached with eyelash glue to the end of the ear. This was then pulled by the trainer to have them stand up. Aw. Cute. Cute. When Trantor is chasing down Ernest and Rimshot, he stabs the top of his truck with a sword. The weapon was made of plastic to ensure that no man or beast would be harmed. <laughs> I mean, just straight up. just Yeah, just. I don't yeah. know. Where this troll got a sword? I don't. He didn't have one at any other point yeah, yeah. of the movie. Just, just suddenly, when he's yeah. on top of, he's like, "All right, sword time." Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> magically. Yeah. The production coordinator failed to notify the American Humane Association of the production, so unfortunately for her, she was terminated from the job. We already know that Jim Varney plays Ernest, but let's talk about some of the other actors in the film. Yay. Veteran film and TV actress Eartha Kitt plays Old Lady Hackmore. Kitt is known for her roles as Catwoman in the 1960s Batman TV series, Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove, and Madame Zeroni in Holes. 
She was also a popular musician and performer, and we all hear her rendition of Santa Baby every holiday season. She's the Santa Baby. Yeah, and it blows me away every time. Yeah. I hear it because I'm like, that's Eartha Kitt. Like, I can't. Because I just, I just hear her as Madame Zeroni. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. I just do. Miss Hackmore. Miss Hackmore. I'm sorry to bother you. You have fathered the whole planet. You're cursed. Now you're rubbing it off on me. Dude. <laughs> I love Eartha Kitt. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she was such a great character actress. She And she, did, she was in campy stuff. She yeah. was not... She was not like nope. you know uppity about no. anything. Like she's an earnest, no. scared, stupid guy. Yeah. Like seriously, right. she- <laughs> which she she did apparently say is the stupidest movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, so. it is very stupid. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing though. Like she knew what she was getting yeah. into. And yeah, I mean, she said yes to it. Yeah, so. she's a good sport, and she yeah. honestly she stole the show. This was I'm. Oh yeah, we were kids. We loved. Her we character. loved her in oh, this. Yeah. We were like, oh my gosh. <laughs> John Cadenhead and Bill Burge played Tom and Bobby Tulip, the opportunistic salesmen that sell Ernest all the troll fighting equipment he could possibly need. And <laughs> these, then some. <laughs> these are the only adults in the movie that are nice to Ernest. Yes. And it's because they want him to give them only money. Only to yes. exploit him, yes. yes. <laughs> they, like, mark up the stuff by yes. 100%. A lot. <laughs> they just have, like, all these, like, hunting things, and yeah. they're like, yeah, no, and they just, like, write troll on it in Sharpie. <laughs> like, now it's $150. Yes. <laughs> right. This is a trope for 90s movies where the adults don't listen to the kids yes. in any oh, situation. Yeah. Yep. But it's nice that Ernest is like the exception to that rule. Yeah. Because he like witnessed it too. So of course yeah. he's going to believe it. But still, every other adult in this movie, along is, with the bully kids, yeah. don't believe our main character. Yep. I do love that there is a part where every single parent in town right. sees the trolls <laughs> yep. and is like yep. battling the trolls, <laughs> you know? And the- <laughs> Terribly, my I know, they're so bad at it. <laughs> they go to fight the trolls. The police officer, who is our main character's dad, yes. immediately gets like handcuffed to his car <laughs> and his gun stolen. <laughs> and the rest of the adults didn't come prepared at all. Yeah. They just yeah. get beat up. Because they, they uh, didn't believe them. And then yeah. like and it's like, oh, I guess you guys were all telling the truth. Yeah. Right? Oh snap. All right, so let's talk a little bit about how the movie was received. Oh, no. I mean, everybody loved it, just like we did, Yeah, right? this movie was received so well. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> With only six critic reviews, the film has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 17% and a 50% from the audience. In 1991, Frank Cabrinha, from our local newspaper, the Columbus Dispatch, mm-hmm. did not have much good to say about the movie. He said... Other novelty characters who have made it into movies, from Pee Wee Herman and Elvira to those large turtles, are equipped with histories and purposes, but Ernest has nothing more than an unfunny dog and a mind like kelp. Excuse me? Unfunny dog? (laughs) I know, right? I took a a lot of offense to that part, honestly. how dare you criticize Rimshot? (laughs) I know, seriously, Rimshot is innocent in all of this. I will allow criticism of everything else. Yeah, not Rimshot. Rimshot is the perfectest. (laughs) Yes. The goodest dog. He's the goodest boy for sure. I honestly think that there's more to Ernest than that, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. He's not like Crash Bandicoot levels of mm-hmm. stupid. You yeah. know what I mean? Where he'll just like eat random crap or. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he's not a complete idiot. Yeah. And in fact, he like knows, you know, he tells the kids this, this story and he like yeah. knows some of the history of the town mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And yeah. it's like. So a good memory. I definitely and... wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't describe him as Kelp Brain. I mean, I feel like there's a little more to him, you know, when Rimshot, at one point in the movie, Rimshot gets got by the troll and he's this wooden dog. Yeah. And he's just like hanging out. And like Ernest, I mean, he honestly handles it pretty well, you know? Yeah. He's like, what's what's the use of a wooden dog? Except maybe now you can swim better, you know? Or... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so caring. Yeah. He just does, yeah, he just love you know a lot of love to give yeah and then when he finds the troll again in the truck and he goes to (laughs) ram it against the tree First of all, I love how high he brings his leg up to, to <laughs> yeah, hit the like, gas pedal. Yeah. <laughs> that I really like. But then he crashes into the troll, into the tree, and he says to the wooden doll, Rimshot, he's like, are you okay? Good. Another perk of being a wooden doll. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly to Hocus Pocus, the film also received a poor box office showing, but has since been cemented as a cult classic. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of diehard Ernest fans out there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this is like on the level of Hocus Pocus in terms of like the fame that it has now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I do think that people really, really love this movie. And yeah. one yeah. of our listeners, JD, when we asked people on tw- on Instagram if they had any fond memories, he said that he watches this every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He loves this Aww. movie. And I was, yeah, I mean, it's a very much beloved mm-hmm. movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not hugely popular, but those who love it really love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I mean, if you just don't take it too seriously, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just a funny movie. Like yeah. it literally has stupid in the title. Yeah. Like you're supposed to you're <laughs> supposed to think it, you know, it's it's exactly. just funny. <laughs> yeah. Now, some more fun facts everyone. Yay, the we're, funnest. Now facts. we're actually near the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The troll face meme that we've all seen everywhere mm. is believed to be inspired by a face Ernest makes after delivering the line, how about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I When you see them side mm. by side, if you look at I, that, yeah. watch that scene. and I can see it. Yeah. I can yeah. see it. He, he was very good at those like over the top mm-hmm. expressions. Mm-hmm. It was very marketable face. Yeah. Definitely. The Chioto brothers have special effects credits in this film and Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988. The brothers repurposed some of the Killer Clowns as trolls in Ernest Scared Stupid. The masks were repainted and the noses were changed. But side by side, they are quite recognizable. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space yeah. in legit 20 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I was watching this just, you know, a couple of days ago. And when they did a close-up of one of them, I said, mm-hmm. that looks like a killer clown. That, yeah. You know, yeah. I recognized it finally, I guess, after watching it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa, that really does look <laughs> like one. And so then we, when we found this out, I was like, I knew it. Wow, like, that's crazy. Damn. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it really, they're such a unique look, I would yes. say. Oh, for sure. In addition to the trolls, the pizza props that were launched at the bullies 
were also used in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a part where the kids are, like, throwing food yeah, at the bullies. Like, yeah. cat, cat food uh, cans yeah. or something. And, like, Tomato they're just launching yeah. pizza. And whole yep. pizzas, yep. yeah. A Kickstarter was started for a Jim Varney documentary, which they were supposed to start filming in 2020, but couldn't start filming until this year due to COVID. Yes, I think yeah. it's going to be called The Importance of Being Earnest. It is. Oh, yes. very nice. Which is so cute. It's going to be <laughs> super cute. I will definitely watch it yeah. for sure. Yeah. Man, they've got, Kickstarter's got some good stuff that's was supposed to be here sooner mm-hmm. that I'm excited about because they also are, there's a Beetlejuice one that's yes. supposed to come as well. Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited for a Beetlejuice documentary because there's not there's like no information. There's no on information Beetlejuice. on Beetlejuice because yeah. we wanted to do a Beetlejuice episode yeah. and we couldn't. Yep. All right. Any thoughts about either of these movies before I give us the big old sum up here at the end? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, we did. We I said what I wanted to say about Charlie Brown because mm-hmm. you know, classic. We love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. This Ernest scared stupid. Is quite an experience. <laughs> if you've never seen any earnest material, this is a good one to give a shot um, because of the absolute absurdity of the entire <laughs> All thing. The, the hijinks. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe some like earnest fans will say that, oh, Ernest Goes to Camp is better. Oh, this mm-hmm. one's better. Whatever. Yeah. But. The Halloween season is the perfect excuse to watch something ridiculous yeah. like this. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then once you do, you will be surprised at how much you laugh. Yes. And also how legit some of it is. Because mm-hmm. the trolls are legit, gross, yeah. and scary. <laughs> and when they melt later, pretty gross. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this rank on your scarometer? Oh, Adam? it is a <laughs> it is like a two. Yeah. It's not scary. Yeah. <laughs> the trolls are gross to look at. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but like I mean uh, Yeah, I would say filtered... probably for kids, maybe yeah. the scene where she yeah. the little girl gets taken sure. might be like the scariest yeah. part of it just because it's it's filled with such tension. But right. yeah. But but for for as adults, yeah, it's definitely filtered through comedy, and yeah. it's you know it's hard to remove that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think of all the horror comedies that I've seen, yeah. this is like the most light. You know, yeah. Usually, absolutely. horror comedies are pretty. They're even though they're pretty heavy on like the funny. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't shy away from the horror part of right. it. You know, yeah. like like Shaun of the Dead is a good yeah. example. Yeah, Scream. You know, yeah, Scream. Is, yeah, you know that. You know, that's a movie that is a comedy yeah. in in some ways, but it is you know very much a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's not. Oh, yeah. 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 This one's definitely a comedy first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and Ernest Scared Stupid are undoubtedly two very different features, but they both capture the Halloween spirit in their own way. These are the kinds of movies that serve a particular holiday need. They get us into the spirit of Halloween, remind us of our childhood, make us laugh, and they become an annual part of our lives. How special is it that something is, you watch yeah. it every year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a special thing. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So whether you're a Charlie Brown or an Ernest Worrell, we hope your Halloween is great and maybe even a little stupid. So that wraps up our spooktacular Halloween extravaganza. (laughs) And I think that is another season (laughs) closed. Woo! We did hey! it! Hey! Oh my gosh! We <laughs> Damn it feels good to be a winner. <laughs> Before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Linda, Bob, Jaron, and Brad. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Booyah. And we hope you enjoyed the Patreon version of this episode. Yes. Yeah. You can now buy us a popcorn at buymeacoffee.com slash diaries. Thank you to all that support us, whether it be through listening, telling a friend, or donating. Yes. Mm-hmm. We appreciate all of you, especially returning listeners. Mm-hmm. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for sticking around for so long. Seriously. Yeah. We can't wait to keep going yes. when we come back. When we come back. Yes. But we are taking... A little bit of a break because yes. everybody has to take a break sometimes. Yes, we need our recess. Yes, we We're do. Hurt. Goodbye. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Forever. <laughs> <laughs>